Hi, this is Dean Winyas here, and this is the Tigers, Tigers, blah, blah, blah podcast with Luke Flanagan and Rich Walker. Thanks for downloading and enjoy the show. Welcome to Tigers, Tigers, blah, blah, blah. Uh, before we get to the main uh, interview, we've got the likes of Hull City at Charlie Palmer uh, with me and Rich today. Uh, just a few words uh, thanking our sponsors and partners. So firstly, uh, our patrons, Danny Nickel, Ewan Jones, Micah San, Adam Brown, Alex O'Neill, Aaron Bell and Rich Fleming, thank you very much to you guys for your continued support and all of those people who download and listen to our show. Um, massive thanks to Hull City Ladies and Danny Johnson for your continued support. Also, if you uh, want to go down and sample some uh, ladies football uh, in the third tier of the Women's Professional League, uh, then go down to Hereworth Park. Um, we have a couple of friendlies coming up before their season starts, so get on down and support the City Ladies. They always appreciate your support massively, so thank you to those guys. Uh, and also, just a quick shout to FanHub. Um, get a, get the app, um, search FanHub on the App Store and download, and you can do team predictions, share them to social media. You can also check into grounds and earn more points um, based on those uh, grounds that you check into that are further away from home. So if you, if you go to something like Plymouth away, um, or wherever you may be, that's very, very far away from where you live, you're going to get more points than you would do if you're just checking in at home. Uh, you can also check in remotely if you want to watch the game, and there's loads of different features with the app, so download FanHub, um, be a game changer with those guys. Enjoy our uh, episode today, guys. Um, thanks for listening. Windows! And there was Chilton again to side put that in. Tumanias in on goal to seal it surely for Hull City. And Fagan again, who's headed towards Parkin! Sean Parkin for Hull City! This is the message of All the introductions and stuff um, I'm going to record separately um, because it's quite late and... Both of us are like, well, I don't know why I chose to have three kids, um, <laughs> but it's a fucking nightmare. Um, I do know why I chose to have none. <laughs> I think you, went, you had that the right helps. idea, mate, to be fair. You had the right idea. Um, but yeah, it's just a nightmare. But um, obviously, we want to talk about, um, I don't know, what. How, how would you put it, Rich? Just obviously, we're, so we're, us three are just going to have a... A ch- what, 30, 40 minute chat about the current state of affairs at City, mm-hmm. basically. Um, so, I've got obviously me, Luke, and then Rich is my co host. And then we've got, um, you, you actually go by the likes of Hull City these days, don't you, Charlie? But yeah, um, were you usually were, were you were involved in City Independent? At yeah, one point? years and years ago. That's, that's how yeah. I got the silly name Charlie Palmer, because basically right. in the year 2001, everybody used to have some sort of random board name. The best of what. The, <laughs> The best ever one, of course, was Hull Kogan, which is my favourite ever. <laughs> and, um, I just, That's quality. I, nobody ever used a name, so I just I, I chose a name that was um, my mate. Well, one of my favourite players as a kid was Charlie. He was a very good right back for City, and also um, a real good friend of mine. It was his uncle, so I've met him a few times. And then it just kind of migrated onto Twitter and onwards and onwards. And like I said to you earlier, people will actually call me Charlie when I'm in London supporting Sissy. And these me mates looking at me going, what? <laughs> <laughs> it just takes so you, too long to correct people. 
too many pseudonyms. We just go by Luke and Rich, but uh, yeah, more than welcome on. Um, obviously, you've you've only just started the likes of all city stuff, um, and I'm yeah. sure Rich Rich will echo with what I said. But they're always a always a great read. Thank you. Yeah, I've really um, enjoyed it. Yeah, it feels like it's um, a good contribution to um, what is like a burgeoning blogosphere for City. Mm. Yeah. Seems I mean, like probably about fifteen years too. Sorry, I was going to say I'm probably about fifteen years too late on blogs, but I just I was just <laughs> so bored in the second lockdown, um, and I, I just, I'm literally just writing for fun. Um, you know, well, mm. well, same reason when I wrote for City Independent and Ian years ago, I'm just writing it as a kind of way of venting and just. You know, kind of, kind of getting a conversation going in some cases, which is, I seem to do quite well the other day. Yeah, definitely. Um, the bit because you the, the last couple, of, the one of them you talked about the well, you, it, there was the partridge. Can I just shock you? Thing wasn't there about I missed the Papa John's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was one of them. And then the other was just about um, the three types of city fan that you get. Um, can you remind me of what you said with that? Yeah, it was just it, it, no. It just kind of came out the back end of the Fulham game. I don't know if either of you went, but the, it was Rich a, did. it was an interest. Yeah, Rich did. Okay, it was an interesting game, and obviously they've got they are basically a Premier League side with Premier League mm. money, mm. and we were we were a bit out of our depth, and a, and a, and I think it kind of got to a, a stage in the last twenty five minutes when quite clearly we weren't going to score, and hopefully they weren't going to score anymore, and it just it just felt like that was a bit of a prompt for some of the. Maybe some of the younger City fans to start singing songs about the Alums and how much they love Marco Silva and Paul McShane and everything else. And I, I just had it at the back of my head coming out thinking if I was Greg Doherty and I'd just spent 85 minutes chasing around some £15 million player, I'd, I'd be a bit I'd be a bit kind of down about the fact that they actually weren't supporting the players on the pitch as much. So I just kind of I wrote that article as a way of saying, you know, I don't. You know, obviously, most people are not pro the owners, but I can understand why people aren't, and I'm not. But I think there needs to be some boundaries to when we do it. We shouldn't do it petulantly because we're two nil down. Um, that's not going to help anybody, is it? No, I mean, Rich, you were there. What, what's your kind of take on that? Because I know you read that that blog and you'd reshared it, hadn't you? Yeah, well, because it echoed my own thoughts during the game. Um, I, I was thinking how. <sighs> I think the the fact that we weren't in the stadiums last year, so there was there was no real chance for the fans to kind of forge this attachment. It's not a physical attachment, but you know what I mean in terms of being able to come up with songs and stuff like that about these players. And there was a real lack of it, um, you know, considering these are whole city's first champions in you know most people's lifetimes. There's there's like a real lack of immediate connection between these players and the supporters and we when we were singing for Marco Silva I was thinking it's it's funny because he has on his CV one Hull City relegation mm. and nothing else like in terms of our club McCann has a relegation and a title win but there were I don't think there were any songs for Grant McCann on Saturday that I remember um, and I just thought it was it, it was strange, you know, this this brief stint that Silver had, and for some reason we were singing about him. And for me, it, it, it feels so long ago that it might as well be ancient history now. It, it feels like a different club, a different era. And it's it's like Charlie says, when the chance for um, Alam out came up, it was when the game was gone, and it was almost like a dis, an expression of dissatisfaction with what they were seeing, rather than you know. It's almost like the ones that they, they go to. If things aren't going well, right, let's blame it on them. 
Yeah, yeah, and it's understandable because yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not condemning that by any stretch, but I'm just not sure how helpful it is in that particular. Yeah, um, I mean, they're possibly, they're possibly equating a lack of investment with the the inability to compete against teams like that. But like, how can how can any team that's coming out of League One in any normal year compete with a team that has spent the money that Fulham have spent, have the financial backing that they've spent, or that they have it? it, it it's um, it's a like a, a narrow focus view. There's the the two two concerned with you know that it could be the alarm's fault, and I don't think that in that one-off game it necessarily you could attribute it to that completely. You know the gulf it would it would be there anyway in any mm-hmm. normal season. I think I think also Rich, then you add to the fact that we've got no Welks, you've got no honeymoon. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you had no Longman. Yeah, you had no Al. With no Moncare either. You know. And it just none. Of, it all adds up. Mm. Uh, I think I went to the Preston game with a real good mate of mine who hadn't been in a while, and he hadn't seen much of Wilkes. And he spent like ninety minutes, kind of saying he's, you know, he's a bit of a show pony and he's a bit petulant. And you get all them negative sides of him you see. But the one thing Wilkes does is he does occupy players. He's a big lad who puts himself about, and he's always got a goal in him anywhere between naught and ninety. And then all of a sudden you took him out that side and we just have not looked like scoring without him. And I no. think he's one of them players that you appreciate probably more in his absence. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in, in the couple of games that, that Williams has had uh, deputising for Wilkes, he looks willing um, mm. and you know he's obviously got a turn of pace about him, but he doesn't seem to have that X factor, that quality on the ball that Wilkes has got. And I don't know whether you were reading too much into it in saying it, but it does seem to have a de- detrimental effect on Lewis Potter's performance as well. It's almost like it, the, the onus is then on him to provide the attacking spark. It's like you say, no Wilkes, no Honeyman. Who else is going to do it? Yeah, mm. And especially if you take out Monker was pretty much brought in to be that Honeyman position. So you take mm. out both of them. Then you really, I mean, I thought Doherty was probably our best player. Saturday, I thought I thought he was that was his best game back in the championship or back at that level, and I thought I thought he'd worked really hard. But apart from that, I couldn't see much creative coming out of the midfield, and I think that's 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 going to be a problem. Depth is definitely a problem this season. Yeah, I don't know about either of you boys, but <clears throat> I, I was a bit you know when it was the Preston game. Um, obviously, Smallwood had a had a good game and and scored, assisted with a great pass and. It seemed to be like, I don't know, that so many people were jumping on Smallwood's back before the season even started. Um, and obviously, I, we, I, did, I did the first episode just after the um, Preston game, but I did it with Joe Appleyard because obviously Rich was away and then I've been away. It's just, just it, it's summer holidays, I'm a teacher and I'm, I'm busier than a monopoly and there's never <laughs> any opportunity to talk about it. But since then, I mean, he's, he's not been terrible, has he? But no. I think that when... Is a is a is a good League One player. Is there a reason that he was then kind of let go from Blackburn, didn't play an awful lot, and would, do we then need the, the the difficult thing is for me? He's club captain. What would that say about him? McCann's in a difficult position here, isn't he? Because every single City fan, probably bar a few, would go put put Huddleston in mm-hmm. and drop uh, Smallwood. It's not as simple as that for me, is it? I don't know about either of you boys, but. No, I, I don't think it is either. I mean, I don't think Smallwood not playing in that in that Fulham game would have made any difference. He was doing no. that kind of horrible, dirty work, tracking back, trying to mm. get across the front four and protect them a bit. 
and he and he, he did have a really good game, like you said, against Preston, and he, and he hasn't been terrible in general. But obviously, we're going to look at what's on the bench, and and obviously, Rich will say the same thing as I did. That's the other song that kept getting sang, sang, which at least Tom Huddleston now plays for Old City. Totally, <laughs> yeah, you know, rather than singing about Paul yeah. McShane as he's with Man United's under twenty three. Yeah. But um, I, th- I think uh, we're all going to get attracted to that. But at times when we were getting swamped, especially first half, I'm not too sure that Huds would have been the that, the right player for that situation either because. Defensively, he's not terrible, but he, he's not going to cover the same ground. He's probably not got the, the best, legs these the best days either. For me, is probably Alfie Jones. Mm. Mm. And I don't know if he's he's not back for tomorrow, is he? Because no, he's not quite. He'll be back for international break. I saw McCann's press conference earlier, and he gave me the impression that Longman was probably back, which is probably a good thing. Um, but it would be too come too soon for for Alfie Jones. So you probably have what Bernard in there instead. He's back on the grass tomorrow, is that what you yeah. said about Jones? Yeah, and I think that Wilkes apparently was back on the grass today. But it's obviously going to come too soon to, for him and, and Honeyman. Mm. Um, it's just such, it's so hard, isn't it? Because the key players where you go, that's the spine of the team that we depended on in the promotion season, all unavailable. Yeah, lost yeah. three of them. And then another player who was uh, Mr. Dependable for us in um, Ingram has mm. has had two games where he's he's cost us goals and it's but he's only as good as what's in front of him as well so it's mm. it's it's all knock on effects isn't it mm. I mean yeah. I, I don't think Elder would have been up to that full fitness anyway he didn't really have a pre season did he I don't know if that's had a a big effect but I mean I saw the twenty threes on Monday um, Brandon Fleming looked very good but then again you're against Millwall under twenty three so he should shouldn't he. Mm. So, I, mean, I, I thought the lad, I thought the lad Bernard played quite well, and also Ingram after you know the Derby goal is not very pretty at all, and he, he no, really should hold no. it. The first goal against QPR, I, I don't quite know what he's doing, and it, the worst thing was all the QPR fans had said forever, you know, he's useless, <laughs> and then he played really well for us, and then promptly he was useless against them. Yeah, um, but he actually played well against Fulham. He made a couple of really good saves. He did. Um, he did. He was quite proactive. He came for crosses. He was he was more like last year's Ingram. So I think he's probably got over his gyps a little bit. Um, the only thing I see in the lack of, if you go say Ingram, Bernard, Greaves, is I don't see enough mouth or experience. We almost need a kind of Curtis Davis type in there, barking the orders in the championship a little bit. And I, I do think we're a little bit naive and young in that position. I do think Ingram is very loud, having watched City behind closed doors last year was all I could hear at the top of West Upper really? was Matt, Matt Ingram but Jacob Greaves and Bernard definitely you oft, you want voices all over the pitch don't you so you could, your goalie could be as loud as possible but you do need that kind of voice all over the pitch to get people into position and with Bernard and Greaves both are very young and inexperienced at this level aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah and I mean Greaves he's looked you know, you look fallible at times, which he's going to. I mean, I think yeah. he'll—he's one of the two or three players that I think longer term will struggle to keep because I think he's got the makings of a Premier League centre back. But obviously, now he's against people. You know, one minute you're playing against some lad from Swindon, next minute you're playing against Mitrovic. Yeah, is yeah. it? Is, you know, and obviously he got done on that set piece because he was literally organised to be blocked off and crumpled, and he's finding out that it's it's not very nice at that level, and that you know you will get a mistake, will be punished. Yeah, mm. one it's, chance, it's, isn't it? Yeah, 
it's a huge step up for Greaves because you know two years ago he was away on loan in League Two, and mm. it's like you say, Charlie's you know Saturday playing against Mitrovic. I think what we've seen out of him last year is that he will take this in his stride. I think he's a quick learner. Um, I reckon in in a couple of months we're looking at a different Jacob Greaves to what we see now. I do think that he will he will take it in his stride. Yeah, I agree with that. Actually, so so do I. It's just in this short term now, you could do with that kind of, like I said, this Curtis Davis, James Chester type person alongside him. Um, It's that seasoned championship experience, isn't it? Yeah, I do agree with you. I think he's top class. And I think when a player is as good as he is, he'll learn and he'll improve. But we kind of need something now alongside him a little bit. Mm. Um, Obviously, the the home game coming up is this weekend is, is... Bournemouth, who just got spanked. Did they get spanked six <laughs> nil yesterday. So they'll be um looking to bounce straight back up and all of that sort of stuff as the the little cliches go. How in, I mean I'll Rich first, because I would have asked you this anyway, but with all the we talked about the lack of songs for current players and people start to go into the past and all that sort of stuff. The atmosphere at KCOM for the like, say for the QPR game and then the Derby game, it wasn't at either of them. Um, what is it that needs to actually happen? Do you think? Um, what is QPR? Was it quite decent? Because they played well, from what I watched. Yeah, playing. I mean, I didn't think the atmosphere in in the QPR game was too bad. It was just it, it was muted by the fact that we went behind, mm. and and I thought it wasn't too bad in the first 10 minutes of, of the Derby game. And all right, that's only 10 minutes. But once the game has settled into its rhythm again, it, it, it went a little bit. Mm, mm. I would think it just needs a performance to maybe try and sustain it. Um, it seems like we've got a singer's corner again uh, down in the northeast corner. But mm. I just think they need a little bit um, a little bit on the pitch to, to help sustain it. We know there's, there's been a long-term issue about the the atmosphere at the uh, the stadium and I don't know what you do to alter that I don't know if you can to be honest because it's been mm. twenty years and um, well maybe not twenty that's probably a little bit um, looking uh, looking back at it with just the perspective of the last ten but certainly the last ten years haven't been particularly good um, so I don't know what you do to affect that um, but I just think they need something out on the pitch. Uh, whether that's this Saturday, I don't know, because like you say, Bournemouth will be looking for a response, mm. and they're they're another very good side. You know, they've they've managed to hold on to some very good players and and brought in some quality as well. I, that's that's the other thing that that City have been victims of. I think over the the opening to the season is we need to actually acknowledge that it's a very difficult start to the season in terms of the fixtures that we've been handed, particularly with the players that we're missing. It's it's one of those where we've done quite well so far, I think, to get three points out of it anyway. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think also people need to kind of remind themselves, and some of our younger fans might not sometimes think about it like this, but you've got both Bournemouth and Fulham, who are gigantic clubs naturally, but one's owned by an American billionaire who mm-hmm. owns an NFL side and started his own wrestling federation. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, and the other, and, and Bournemouth of money by Russian money as well. And, Absolutely, you know, yeah. e- even when City were, you know, having money put in, we weren't having that money put in. No. Um, and it, it's just light years apart. You know, they'll go and sign players that, you know, we wouldn't dream of even having a conversation with. 
So I think I think you have to put it into perspective. There are divisions within divisions in the championship, if that makes mm. any sense. Yeah, certainly. It does seem that we've we've played kind of some dark or well, not necessarily. I think QPR. Some people knew to be kind of dark horses for promotion, but they they certainly know what they're doing. They'll be top half, <laughs> and then obviously you've got you know Fulham and. Um, Bournemouth are going to try. Their, their fan bases are going to expect them to be up there or there and thereabouts, as the cliche goes, at the end of the season, aren't they? So the way that the fixtures are falling, it's not been particularly kind for us, has it? No, I no. mean, yeah, like you said, you've got two sides there who are, to me, Bournemouth and Fulham are going for direct promotion. QPR mm. are going for the playoffs. Yeah, and that really means that's why you look back and look at these results, and that's why the derby one hurts. Yeah, because they're not. Mm. Um, and that's even where a point there would have made it seem a little bit better. The, Certainly, yeah. The other thing with the Derby game, the, the nature of the performance was really disappointing. Um, but it, it kind of reminded me of um, watching us under Mike Phelan for that first five weeks in, in the Premier League where we had a, a team that was effectively like 13 senior professionals or something and two of them were keepers and we were galvanised by that. Mm. We got some unlikely results, I think, that, that we wouldn't necessarily have expected to get. Yes, we beat Leicester on the opening yeah, day and stuff like that, didn't we? Yeah, that there was season, Leicester and then we went to Burnley and I think there was Swansea away. Yeah. Um, we only but... just lost to Man United at home as well. That was like a last-minute goal, I think. Yeah, Ashford so when, just came back in. When you've got... In the early stages of the season, you still have a core of um, players who are decent for the level and, and you know, Derby for all their recent troubles, is still an established championship team and, and the players that they were able to put out, mm. for the most part, established championship players. So they were maybe galvanised by the situation that they be, that they find themselves in. And it it might be that we see them fall more into trouble the longer the season goes on and, and they find themselves in a similar situation to us where Injuries lack of depth up, is exposed. Yeah. 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 So yeah. that was... And, and it doesn't necessarily excuse the nature of the performance, but I think there is... There's something in that, I think. Did add that horrible bit, you know, like where we lost to a few games in that terrible 2020 run in like to Millwall and Charlton, where you're 1-0 down and they sat deep. And yes. we just had no nothing idea. last yeah. 15, yeah. 20 minutes. At all. It wasn't even like we had a half chance, you know, a set piece, anything. And I think that's, like Rich was saying, that was what really stuck with me in that game was the fact that it was just a putrid end. You know, with two two centre backs with a combined age of about hundred and four, <laughs> we just didn't bother them. And no, no, that that was the only bad performance this season. If we're talking four games in, we played mm. really well once, pretty well a couple of times, and and badly once. Mm. Yeah, it rem- do you know what it reminded me of? I, I was watching. Um, the derby game on my phone in a restaurant in Mallorca <laughs> much to the consternation of my other half I must say um, I was like, is that not finished yet I was like it's the first half um, <laughs> but, you're a um, brave man <laughs> I, I was able to get uh, I follow abroad so I thought I might as well take advantage because I can't get it any other time um, but yeah th- it reminded me of the first game back in that 2020 season like you mentioned Charlie which was Charlton where we could have gone on for Fucking ages, yonks even, and we wouldn't have even scored because we just didn't look like we had any answers. It's, no. That's the only real time where I've properly, properly worried, you know, no. where I was going, Jesus Christ, I'll, this is bad. So I'll go just, off on a tangent here, but the, the complete polar opposite of you and Holiday looking at uh, on your phone. A good mate of mine used to work at a restaurant in Hull, and uh, do you remember when we went to the 1 1 draw with Arsenal? 
in the FA Cup and then played them in a replay. Yes. Um, and they give us a bit of a tonking back in the replay. But Alan McGregor came in the restaurant he worked in during the game at a meal on a date and never even looked at his phone at all. So he was... <laughs> <laughs> Because he wasn't interested, was he? So, uh, <laughs> Clearly not. Goes. We know the chant about McGregor, don't we? So we know what <laughs> yeah, he was after. He was obviously yeah. getting number one in that night. Wasn't <laughs> <it>? <laughs> Brilliant. Um, how, do, how, how, how are you feeling, either of you two? I'll go to Charlie first, because we've been the guest. How are you feeling for the Bournemouth game? Do you think if we get, like, if we get say, a score draw or whatever, you think that's a positive result that can build on a oh. national break? Yeah, if we get any points at all, I'd be thrilled to bits. I just think mm. sometimes they're a bad travel inside Bournemouth on the whole. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, if you look at it man for man, they just got Morgan Rogers on loan, didn't they? Yeah, I think that's he, a good coup for them. I really wanted him. And I think, yeah. I think Man City have made it quite clear he won't be loaned to the likes of us. Um, <laughs> Fits into and, your blog quite nicely. That, there we it? go. Nicely. Um, <laughs> and I just I remember... If you go back on this, the season when they absolutely battered us six nil, there, oh and I think that was still under feeling in the in the um, cactus purple kit. Cactus purple, and, yes, it was. Yeah, and then we actually beat them back at City that year. I think three one, and I, I just I want one of them games where we somehow rattle a nice friendly southern side with a mm. nice friendly southern manager who sounds like Mike Skinner from the streets, and I just think. <laughs> We just need to. We just need to rattle them. We we need to do an old, almost like what Preston and Millwall do to come twelfth and thirteenth every year. We just need to rattle a side who are probably better than us, technically, and get after them and get 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 about them, um, and maybe grab a set piece or grab something. And but I would snap your hand off for a point right now. Mm. Rich, absolutely, yeah, hundred percent agree with that. Yeah, mm. um, the only. <laughs> Putting my rational head on, the only thing is we're not a threat from set pieces at the minute. We are so missing George Honeyman. Yeah, we really are. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you're trying to nick something, and and last year it was such a a huge part of what we did. It was that Um, comical routine that him and him and Elder had was so crucial to a lot of the goals that we scored, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, But I would, you know, take a point now. Absolutely, Um, I think it would be a very good one. And just looking at their form table for last year, they were sixth in the division for away games. So there are no slouches. Um, mm. I think it's a little bit early this year to kind of look at any form and, and say that, um, you know, you can draw any conclusions from it. But yeah, definitely a, a point would be a, a fantastic result in in any uh, time of the season, but particularly when we're without key players. Mm. Certainly. Um just to go off on a little bit of a tangent, the uh, the latest thing that I mentioned earlier that you did, uh, Charlie, was the "Can I just shock you? I actually missed the Papa John's." Um, I <laughs> yeah. know, I know, Rich has his prob- probably his own thoughts on that, but just kind of talk me through your rationale to it as to why well, yeah. you think that that should be a competition that actually we could benefit from this season. Exactly. Yeah. So I started writing it mainly because it was on Tuesday night and I was bored because we weren't playing. Yeah, and then I was kind of looking at uh, I think Manchester United's under twenty ones and City's under Man City's under twenty ones were playing like Lincoln or somebody else Scunthorpe as well I think Scunny yeah Scunny yeah Scunny yeah, were getting a bit of a spanking from one of them <laughs> and it some it things just, never change <laughs> yeah exactly and it just I kind of looked at it and and I and I thought the problem is and I know Luke you go to a lot of the under twenty three games but you'd say it yourself they're not mm. always that competitive no they're and not. there was just a bit of edge last year in the Papa Johns you know when you play Harrogate you play Grimsby 
or you play Fleetwood. They, they wanted to beat us. and They put together them sort of half and half teams. And mm. it meant that if you put in Jacob Greaves, which he made his debut in it, I think, um, and you put in kind of the, the, the Brandon Flemings or um, Billy Chadwicks, it means that they're coming into more of a competitive situation. And I just think at the moment, who's who's the young lad that they've, came through the York Academy who came off the bench for us the other day? Uh, Will Jarvis. Yeah. And he looked, at, he looked a real good player. He, he had a couple of real nice touches to Will Jarvis. Mm. But it's that gap now is so astronomic, like you just said, from playing Millwall's under 23s to going and playing Bournemouth on the Saturday. Mm. And it just it feels like it, it was a really good kind of experience and experiment where we could get some young players, some meaningful time in, in almost throwback games to what used to be like the reserve games because they felt like they were quite tasty and there were some tackles mm. going in. Yeah, yeah, and and I feel like we we haven't now obviously now getting beat by Wigan in the league cup means we haven't got that platform anymore. We can't really blood these lads anywhere apart from sticking them straight in at the deep end. Yeah, that was that was a big disappointment for me the the, the Wigan game, and I know that you know it's it's the Carabao Cup and how far would we have got and all of that, but I think that because of the squad being as small as it is for us this year. McCann would have played more of those youngsters because he played he played like Harry Wood, he played um, Jarvis, and all of the bench, all five of them were all under twenty threes, weren't they? There were no senior pros on there. There was like um, Josh Hines was on there, Ollie, Ollie Green was on there, Harry Lovick was there, and even the keeper Harvey Cartwright was there. Now I know that McCann mentioned today in the press conference that he was looking. He, he actually name dropped. I think it was Harry Wood, Will Jarvis, and. Harvey Cartwright and talked about the possibilities of them going out on loan for short term um, and without the cup that's their only option now isn't it for those under 23s because like you said you could play Millwall under 23s and do really well and McCann goes to most of those 23 games when he can um, which is a change from most managers you know I know a lot of people have kind of gone back and start slagging McCann again which I'm not going to do <laughs> but they it, no he's it, rubbish now Luke come on that, he's rubbish that's it well yeah he's bloody awful McCann Grant, Grant McCann I know hilarious but which other city managers have gone and watched the under 23s I don't think most of them would have done unless it was round the corner from them he had to travel to York on a Monday to do it and he was down there on the bench sat next to Dawson giving him pointers no. you know, Bruce he's obviously didn't Bruce certainly mm. did not do that at all. And I'm just that that was what really upset me about the Wigan game is that we now don't have that kind of extra competition for the young lads to try and really make a claim for either a first team spot or give them the experience they need going forward into the next year. I don't know what you think about it, Rich. I mean, you're often not a fan of big like smaller cup competitions <sighs> like that, but I don't know. The thing with smaller cup competitions like that is as a fan, they don't excite me. Mm. Um, enough to want to like part with my cash most of the time to go and watch them, but I think Charlie makes a very fair point, uh, and it's it's probably something that I haven't considered before. Um, I think it's probably more beneficial, you know, a, a competition like that would be more beneficial to us now than perhaps it was last season when it felt a little bit to me like um, a distraction at times. Um, mm. Yeah. But you know, when particularly when we're operating under an embargo, you do want that kind of shortened pathway into the first team, and, and well, we're going to have to rely on them. Who else do we have? Yeah, well, that's that's it, and it's it's, it's like Charlie says, where do we blood them now? Uh, 
But the FA Cup isn't. We don't, we come in third round, don't we? Yeah, yeah. What a baptism of fire that could be if we play Man United <laughs> away or something. And you've got half a twenty three side at Old Trafford. I mean, great experience for them, but you, you could not. That you, 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 there's nowhere now to go. Right, show me what you've got, other than you know twenty threes games that you, know, you are playing. Now we're in the Championship. We are playing teams that you know are in the Championship as well. You know, you've got like Bristol City in there, and then they played QPR and Millwall. So it's established teams and not ones that you'd kind of sniff at, but also it's because it's their under-23s, you're then kind of saying, yeah, but the competition, the, the kind of bite within the tackles. A lot of it, when I watched the 23s game on Monday, because Huddleston, um, Cannon and McLaughlin were all playing, um, which kind of annoyed me a little bit because the rest of the 23s were sat there on the bench, didn't get any minutes. It's supposed to be their professional development league and yet, I understand why you'd want to, you know, give game time to first teamers who previous, you know, wouldn't get it otherwise. But it seemed to just kind of be like a exhibition match where it was always going to be City win in the end. Because why would you not win with Uddleston centre defensive <laughs> mid and under twenty threes game? Do you know what I mean? I watched the um, the West Brom Arsenal game last night, and just going back to what you said about the FA Cup, literally yeah. West Brom had all their kids out with Snodgrass. <laughs> <laughs> and then Arsenal had like a Bamiyang and Pepe. Oh, I know they probably went for it, didn't it was just like watching a game on win. FIFA. It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah but yeah. obviously, I rate the West Brom gaffer, the lad who, who took um, Barnsley into the playoffs last year. Obviously, made the decision yeah. to go. Well, I'm going to play kids, but then you know you end up with an Arsenal first team and you get absolutely peppered. That's the only thing that Arsenal can ever want to win, though, this year, isn't it? That's 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 the thing that they've banked on, I think, because they're pretty shocking in the league, miles away from Chelsea. But you, you are going to get that, though. Um, but that was the you know they they may have lost six nil, like those kids may have lost six nil, but they'll be the they'll be all better for it, won't they? I mean, I w- would be in my opinion anyway. You just go well. I know I'm not come up against that next time. I'm, I'll do this differently. It's all part of the development, isn't it? But like you said, it's just something where we don't have that now. To with such a that, that's just my concern. It's such a stretch squad. If we get some more injuries, the only players we can come like bring in are the 23s, aren't they? So what we're we going to do when they we think think they're not match ready? Yes, I suppose allowing them games as well, um, you know, in, in competitions and the championship, it's, it's about taking the edge off stepping into the first team as well, you know, so mm. that when they are called upon, it's, it's a bit less daunting, isn't it? Yeah. You know, they, they can make a couple of substitute appearances and what have you, and it's just getting them used to stepping in there with, you know, with senior pros and, and playing against men. Mm. Um, I've never been fortunate enough to do it, but everything you read is that, Development football is much different to actually stepping in there into a into a first team league game where there's something on the line. You know, it matters because it has ramifications for your entire football club, and it's I suppose it's about getting them used to that. It's mm. an interesting one. We do have the riches, however, of possibly what a striker may be coming in tomorrow. Um, yes, Tyler. We're led to believe that it's. Supposed I think to he. Be. Will, I think he will be. I think he will be. No, he's, he's rubbish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, only played, he only scored 10 goals for Swindon yeah. Yeah. yeah, a very poor Swindon team they still managed 10 goals most off the bench he's probably quite good then no he's rubbish Twitter told me so I've never watched him play but he's rubbish yeah. 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 wait until he comes on wait until he comes on and everybody goes Ooh! there's some very positive noises coming out about him from people who have watched him 
yeah, Sheffield United fans mainly saying, I can't believe we're getting, we're getting rid of him, but not so-and-so. Oliver yeah. Burke, I think, is what they were. There's a tendency for me to also think that they're possibly doing what at times City fans have been guilty of and, and looking for the next youth talent because they're a bit mm. fed up with what they're watching in the first team. Been on the, putting the hopes on that, going, oh, it'd be brilliant if you gave him a chance and he never will. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, there is. But the Sheffield United fans, and it really kills me because being kind of brought up to watch City in the 80s, especially, you were kind of taught Sheffield United was the game. But Sheffield United fans seem to be really down to earth when they talk about things and nowhere near as massive as Massive Wednesday. (laughs) They're still leaving Wembley anyway, so I don't worry about them. Yeah, and, you know, because they're they're literally getting half a million every week in League One. They do every even when they came and whacked us a few years ago when they're on the way to the Prem. I, I, it's hard to dislike them, and I think they have had a lot of really really good kids through that mm. city. And you yeah. know the Calvert yeah. Lewins and John Stones and Harry Maguire. So they do tend to have a philosophy, like Rich says, of wanting you know the next big thing to come in. But everything that they've said has been positive, and he sounds like the off the shoulder kind of finisher that we desperately need. So. We do need something different going forward. It's nothing against McGuinness, really, because I do love Josh McGuinness, but... It's just that thing to, to change it up, isn't it? Cause yeah, on... it's, it's another option, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you can't just sat... rely on McGuinness for 46 games. Yeah. I mean, come on. Saturday, it wasn't going for him, and he was taking a bit of what I felt was unwarranted flack. Um, it, it, it wasn't working for him. It just wasn't his game. We needed something to sort of change it up, and I think we went two up top, because Eves came on, didn't we? But they're both the same... You can't, yeah, it's like it's light for life, isn't it? Yeah, they're in the same mould, uh, and then playing them alongside each other, it's like who stays, who goes, who's going to hold it up for who. It's too, uh, they're too similar, aren't they? they yeah, you can't do that. And yeah. it, but some City fans will still beat McCann with that stick and go, "Well, you've got two strikers and you don't play them either." Of it's just like, do you have a basic understanding of the game? Oh no, you don't. Sorry, your <laughs> your opinion does not matter to me. <laughs> some City fans do kind of wind me up because when, when you see some of the stuff or even hear it I mean I know there's, there's a couple of people who I know that I speak to that listen to the show like um, they just say are you at the same game as me did you just watch the same thing like as soon as Eve's got the ball he was going oh shit this was against, the, against Wigan it's like actually he had one of his better games for City he held the ball up really well played it off there's not a lot more he could have done other than score um, and he almost assisted Harry Wood for the winner at the end. He did really well to knock it down. So I just think the, some City fans have this pre-like disposition to going that player's shit, and whatever um, you do, I will still say it's your fault. Like there's just a scapegoat with some City yeah. fans, isn't there? That's that's almost what they've done with McCann in a way. Some of them, isn't mm-hmm. it? Because it, he stuck it down their throat by winning a league. And then it's killing yeah. them. To, then it's killing them because they couldn't really say he did a bad job. And now, of course, as soon as we lose a game, it's coming back up because you're proving yourself right, aren't you? I was yeah. right in the first place. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's exactly the same with some of them players. There's always been boo boys at City as long as I've been there. I feel sorry for Eves at times. I don't think he suits our formation. No, but, he doesn't. But I don't. It's but not his fault, that is it? <laughs> no, people are even tagging him into stuff and like. <laughs> <they're> <laughs> going, and I'm like 
I don't, that, I, that was me. I'd have destroyed my smartphone by now. Yeah, it does wind me up that people. I just hope he deletes his Twitter or something because he doesn't need that shit. I know McCann did that last year. You know, after all the negativity he had, he, he had like mind coaches to get him over it, and obviously it worked because we won the league. But it does seem to be like the smallest sign of trouble or any sort of bad performance. People can't wait to come crawling out the shadows, going, "Hi, I told you so." He's wank. And it's yeah. like it's not. It's, what are you talking about? And, and who are you helping by doing it? As well? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I know I you had that. I was correct. Trophy. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I know, Rich. You were quite. You had quite a lot of kickback. You tweeted something about oh, booing. That's good. Well done to all those people who were booing. Um, and well, you no, kind no. of got a bit wound up by that, which I would have done too. And, and... I was. I was wound up because it was yeah. our. Derby was our first home game, wasn't it? No, second. The QPR was. But... Second, yeah. yeah. So it's it taken 180 minutes of football after people hadn't been for 18 months for them to start booing their own team. And and I, I, I said what I thought. I think if... You know, shit fans, wasn't it? Shit fans. Yeah. 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 No, Two I'd games in with a with team you, yeah. that yeah. is inexperienced and developing at this level. And, and also ravaged by injury. Let's yeah, be honest, four key players out. That's like... all the time and patience that you are willing to extend to them. Is 180 minutes after 18 months out the stadium. I was reading some of the responses that you got on there. I was like, fuck me. I'm yeah. glad I didn't tweet the same thing because I would have done. And I was like, I'm not even getting involved in that shit. Yeah, I mean, I had some people telling me that they were glad I didn't work for them and stuff like that because apparently that's that's what they would do to motivate somebody after a bad day at the office. What, boo them. Yeah, go and harangue <laughs> Can you them. That? Coming out of your office and just being booed by the guy. <laughs> that lesson, oh, if I come out, all the kids booing, so my lesson, your lesson's shit, sir. Like, what yeah. the fuck are you doing? You fucking shit today, sir. I phoned it in. <laughs> and I've tagged oh, you in a tweet. I've yeah. Tweet saying how it gives, it gives me all the more pleasure to get back up tomorrow and do another lesson for you when I see you again, won't it? Yeah, well, ex- exactly. <laughs> that I mean, kind of mentality just drives me mad. I just don't get it. Can and I, I, do you know what also I hate? Sorry to interrupt you, Rich. No, I, also no, hate, I also hate the phrase, I pay my money, so I'm entitled to my opinion. But this your is opinions the are damaging. This damaging is the one. other thing. What the fuck do you think you're doing? Like, <laughs> why are you booing them? That's Your opinion is it's not very good. Well, don't fucking spoil it and then get on players' backs. That is not a motivational technique to yeah. make them do better, is it? It's, it's I just like failed I, to see it. I just it, oh god! It's, it's you pay, like you pay your money you. for a meal, don't you? But you wouldn't boo the waiter if it wasn't very good. Exactly. Fucking and, right. It, football's <laughs> different in that it's not a commodity. You're not getting guarantees with it. The only thing that paying you paying the cost of your ticket guarantees is entry into the ground. And sometimes it's not even that if you can't behave yourself. But you don't. You don't. <laughs> you don't yeah. go through the turnstile and like, oh, I've paid twenty seven pounds today. So I'm definitely going to get a good performance because you might not. And, and we'll concede what... and then we'll start fucking booing. Yeah, that'll but tell that's, them. that's why we love the game because you don't know what you're going to get sometimes. And if you mm-hmm. can't handle the fact that when you're following a team like City, quite a lot of the time you are not going to be entertained and you are not going to watch good football, do something else with your time. Do everyone a favour and do something yeah. else. Go, go. I don't do, know if do you we think... can, uh, actually get even less crowds, but <laughs> you, you, you're right though, Rich. What you're saying now is totally true, and also, it's also true. Like, do, do that in reverse. We all went to Preston, going, "Oh, you know, I'd probably take a point. It won't be too bad." Or, Imagine if we could sneak this two-one, and we absolutely battered them. Yeah. And those yeah. days will come from nowhere, like you just said. You get no guarantee when you least expect it. You'll get something absolutely beautiful and wonderful. And then the then the reversal happened quite a lot as well, and it's just that's the way football is. 
Yeah, absolutely. Just I, I can't cope with any more booing. <laughs> I well, should be a City fan, should I really? <laughs> you've done it now by bringing it up again. You're going to get tweeted loads of times now. Yeah. <laughs> fortunately, so, fortunately, Twitter just has a mute button and I just don't yeah. use that, I think. It's just like, <laughs> oh, what is that? I'm not even getting involved in that debate because otherwise you end up just getting personal comments at you when they don't disagree. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm all right to disagree with people. But I just can't agree to disagree about booing. I just think it's moronic. Yeah, well, I'd had a drink after the derby game, so I was feeling quite feisty. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the squad, though, there's one There's one last thing that, you, that we could talk about there, which is yep. there is one spot left, a lone spot, which mm, he's talked yes. a little bit about filling. He's kept very quiet. But... Where that might be. I mean... I mean, for me, you, you still. I think you need two forward-going players. Mm. I know. I think we're talking about Tyler Smith from from you know for Chef United, but I'd, do we need another midfielder? I don't think we do. And I think if we do get a lot more injuries in there, I think actually some of the twenty threes probably could do a good job in you know one or two games when they come and fill in when they're next to somebody experienced like Huddleston or Smallwood or whatever. I don't. I think we're okay at centre back. Also, I don't know if that's I'd, where I'd look. I'd look yeah, centre half because you've got what McLaughlin, Bernard, and then Jones, but can also play centre defensive midfield, and then Greaves. Yeah. Is that enough? Do you think you need another centre half? I don't know. With one with experience. Yep. Like a championship centre half. It might be too simple an argument to make, but I remember the difference that Wayne Brown made to Michael Turner. Mm-hmm. True. So I'd be looking at somebody who could come in and, and make an impact like that. People keep bringing up James Chester saying he's available, but whether we could afford his wages or not. But it's that type of thing I'd be looking at. Just someone... Is he a free agent? No, no he's at Stoke. Yeah. Is it Stoke, is he? Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. So saying he's available on loan, whether right, that's true right. or not, and how they know, I don't. I, I don't know. I think he's also got a degenerative knee condition as well, which is not yes. help anybody. But you're right; <laughs> it's a difference a voice makes. It's like Tommy Elphick when he came in for that yes. two, three months stint. He improved as no. It's a shame he retired, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I saw is. the other day that he'd retired, like mm. his, his Twitter post, and I thought that could have been another one. Yeah, we could have got back, and then the fans go mental again. You know. <laughs> but I think in other in other positions, we're strong enough. I think. Centre forward people will look at it because there's a lack of goals there. Yeah. Um, but we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll bring this lad in from Sheffield United. I think he's shown that he likes to play, or he, he he's willing to play Wilkes through the middle mm. uh, at times. And, and I think we'll, he will do that, actually. I, yeah. I do think he will do that. Longman's capable of playing through the middle. We know that they had a look at him um, against Scunthorpe through the middle. Well, yeah, because uh, I think we were all at that game, actually. I don't yeah, he, he went through the middle for the last 10 or 12 minutes, didn't he? Yeah, kind of he, like was, he was live too. Yeah, he was, he was. Lively. He was. I so he was I possibly think... our best player. Yeah. Mm. So mm. I, I think they'll think they've got enough um, in those positions. So I would I would look at centre-half. It's just maybe he doesn't trust McLaughlin because he hasn't had his chance yet. Um, I just think that that is the one, experience, uh, one position where they can say there is a lack of experience. I think they'll look at McGuinness and say he's you know, enough experience to kind of be the totem for the centre forwards and, and the midfield's got, you know, countless options, like you say, Luke, for, mm. you know, Huddleston, uh, Smallwood's been around the block, 
Even okay. Jones, if you're playing a different centre-half. Yeah, yeah. Um, Honeyman, even though he's young, has, has had an awful lot of experience, not necessarily at this level, but he's he's played a lot of first-team games uh, from a young age. I still do think that Honeyman came out of the back end of the 1920 season with the only one who could really hold his head up high because I thought he was really good at the COVID kind of tragic season that we had. I still thought Honeyman was one of our better, mm. better performers. Yeah, so, and, sorry, go on, Charlie. I was going to say him and Potter were the only two people I thought could yes. actually walk off from that season and say, well, that wasn't down to me because pretty much yeah. everybody else... Yeah, well, they, they put the graft in. You, I mean, put him in a pick-up stupid booking so as the because he's getting so frustrated. <laughs> you just say, it's like yeah. two-footing everybody, just which I always, I always sympathise with because that's just how I play when I play. Yeah. Um, <laughs> horrible. But, <laughs> horrible person, I <laughs> But, I mean, it, it'd be so good to have... Those two like after international break, that's where we really need to have like the run of games of four or five games, and then people can start to judge, can't they? Yeah, well, yeah. The, the fixtures start to turn for us a little bit as well, um, mm. coming out of the international break. Um, so possibly this early set of fixtures, we would be looking at you know picking up three, four points maybe maximum, but they, they do start to turn September uh, and then particularly going into October. So if we can get everybody fit and firing on all cylinders for um, October, November, then I think there's, there's reasons to think that we things will pick up for us. Certainly. Any final thoughts, Charlie, on any of what we've just said? No, no, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that completely. I just hope that it doesn't get to the stage where heads will go down a little bit, you know, if Bournemouth did whack in a few on Saturday where a few of the young lads, you know, and if the crowd do get on their back, that it has the opposite effect. I just think we've got to try and stick with them. I'll put myself in East 4 for my sins on Saturday and I'll try and I'll try and get the We Built This City song started. <laughs> That's so good, that. I love it's that brilliant, song. Brilliant, it? Ben that started. But yeah, it'd be, it'd be <laughs> very good if, if that, if it, just a bit of positivity and like you said, just one thing could happen. It could be a last-minute equaliser on Saturday it could be a surprise away win after the international break and this this thing can turn around quickly but mm. the positivity we're not we're not going if we're like you know getting on their backs and you know booing eves on then <laughs> then, then we're going to get what we deserve so we it's just, just got to try and stick at it it is that thing of bringing into a side in it what did you think of the game? Did you watch the game? No, I didn't, Burnsy, but I was cutting the grass and that. But that Eves was shocking, wasn't it? <laughs> didn't even play, Jeff. Didn't he? Oh, shit, anyway. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah, it was all fingers crossed for a good result on Saturday. Um, thank you, Charlie, for joining us. It's been a real, real pleasure talking to you. All about yeah, enjoy all things that, Charlie. City. Thank you. Anytime at all. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll I, probably I take really you up on that, it. to really, be honest. Really <laughs> it's always good having another voice other than me and Rich just howling into the void. But <laughs> Even if we're recording at midnight because you're up with the, with the three babies. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, we're sorry, paying boys. for his sins. <laughs> it's probably a good note to end on that, boys. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, up the Tigers. And I'll Forza. talk to you both soon. Forts the Tigers. Take care, boys. Cheers, See boys. You Bye. All the best, lads. Bye. Bye. Wise men say Only fools rush in But I can't help
Take my whole life. 